Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm good. Tonight's one of those nights where I'm like, I can't believe I even made it to 8.30 because Hunter was <laughs> up at 5 a.m. And I'm right? like, how, like, I lived an entire lifetime before Matt even woke up and I had to go to work. You know what Man, I mean? I, the morning yeah. hours were like, we did so I much. Was up a I was up at 5 a.m. You should have just FaceTimed me and I could have talked to him the whole time. It would have been great. I would have been like, talk to your know, Uncle right? John while mommy sleeps for another 20 minutes, please. God. I know. I've, I've got this new thing now where I get up early and I just go walking. I'm finding that if I get up in the morning and get some morning sun, I just feel better the rest of the day. I Plus, I'm trying that. to get and I'm trying to get steps in, which I know most CrossFitters are like, oh, what a wuss. He's getting steps. But there's like real scientific proof that if oh, you get yeah. 10,000 or more steps a day, it's like a big deal. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. I So one day randomly this past week, I woke up before everyone, like half an hour before everyone. And I was like, amazing. I'm going to go hop on the Peloton treadmill and do a little run walk to get my day started. And I felt amazing. And I told Matt, I was like, it'll be really interesting to see if I can motivate my ass to get up in the morning and do that shit. Or if we're going to look back on this as like the one time Nikki woke up and ran at 630 in the morning. <laughs> right. We'll see. Right. To be determined, but I'm with you on the steps. I think like a solid little walk in the morning is like a lovely way to get your. Uh, get I, think, yourself going. I think our guest is all in on this because she's like waving her whoop <laughs> at me or her her. My, at me my or we have, there you go. We have Sarah Perry, CrossFit Games athlete, with us. Sarah, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me on here. You count your steps. You're into the step oh, thing. Totally. When that ring closes and you get the little "you did it" kind of. Yeah. Thing, it's, it's just. <laughs> you feel so much better and so much more set up for your day so i totally hear right. you guys on that one okay but yeah, do you we... ever do you ever forget to wear your watch or it like needs to be charged and then you don't wear it during your workout and then at the end of the day it's you can still do it and i'm like no nah, bitch i did a 30 minute air wrap like <laughs> i did it do not tell me that i did not do it or you forget to press start and you're uh -huh. wearing it Even here's what happened to me to tell you though what happened to you well, here's what happened to me. So same thing yesterday. I forgot to have it on for a period. I took took it off to shower and didn't put it back on. And at the, I was like right at the end of my day and I had 8,000 steps. And I'm like, and it was dark out. It's like 8.30 at night. I'm like, this sucks. So I went down mm -hmm. in the basement, got on my assault runner. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, I'm one of those, yeah, I got to complete things. Like I, I have to you. complete them. Yeah. I hear you. It drives, I feel drives you. me crazy. Absolutely Wait, so I'm not the only one because you know how you, you can like swim laps in your Apple Watch, but I still take mine off yeah. in the shower. I'm not the Dang. only one. You can keep it on if you want. You can. It, it's only to, it just feels weird though. You're like, I'm going to put my watch. It's totally, totally. Yeah. And also the band under, under the band gets so stinky. So I'm like, yeah, I need to scrub my arm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why you'd wear your watch in the shower. I'm sure somebody's listening going that John's judging me for where am I watching the shower? I am not. I'm all for You'll it. You want, a stinky, you want a stinky wrist? Knock yourself out. I mean, Have fun. Me, you you truly, should make yeah. another another meme where it's like crossfitters when they need to complete their rings and take a shower and, or to use their watch in the shower. Vigorously <laughs> scrubbing in the no. shower to get steps. That's probably true. 100%. That's the least dirtiest way you could have come up with that meme too. That's good. I, uh, <laughs> I, I had other ideas and they were not as appropriate. Uh, She'll be here all night. It, it is funny that you mentioned the rings close thing, though, because I'd never really thought of that. But I do get that little euphoric feeling 
when it goes exercise ring close. It happened this morning on my morning walk of all things. I'm like, mm, maybe I should set the, the exercise target a little higher if it's going off after a three mile walk. It's there. It's 25 minutes of movement or something like that between between 20 and 30, which I think is totally fair to aim for every day. Just activity. Yeah, yeah, it was a long walk too. it was a 45 minute walk. So it wasn't like it was short. Yeah. Yeah. Long strides. Well, I feel like our our walks and run walks and your your steps on the assault runner in the evenings were kind of like child's play in comparison to everything that Sarah has been through, especially recently competing at the games. I know. No, no doubt. No, no doubt. doubt. So I would love to know, Sarah, just I was I stalked your Instagram. I know that you did a couple posts looking back on the week and it's it's kind of hard to sum up but you know with a little bit of perspective now it's been about a month I would love to know just what that entire experience was like for you especially culminating on the podium I mean it's a big 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 freaking deal oh yeah totally and the experience was amazing the coming back home and people asking me what was your favorite part or what was the highlight of your trip just to kind of summarize it was meeting all the people so the athletes were incredible just absolutely incredible I met a bunch of them after my award ceremony when I got my medal and they were like oh my gosh like you got a medal like that's incredible and then I shared a little bit about myself so I'll I'll do that with you guys as well so I'm in the vision category for the CrossFit Games, and I placed third on the podium this year, so third in the world and first in Canada. Very, very proud to represent. The CrossFit Games was an incredible experience. I don't know where to start. I, I'm speechless, right? So it was my first year competing in the Open, so unfortunately, we don't actually get to move on after the open so there are no steps after that for us which is a little mind-boggling for me because there's there's so many other steps there's semifinals quarterfinals and then the games i work out in the same gym as emily rolf so we work alongside each other i don't know if anybody out there knows who that is so she came in 12 this year big friend of our show yes (laughs) yes 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 em's the best she's like a sister to me we go to the gym together. I unfortunately can't drive due to the brain cancer. So I have blindness from brain cancer, 75% blind. I lost my vision when I was five years old and have had to adapt since then. I found the sport of CrossFit because I wasn't able to take any other sports. So no contact sports, no ball sports, couldn't participate in gym, injured Tons of bullying from kids to teachers to adults to parents. And so I came across CrossFit one day and I thought to myself, actually, I watched one of the CrossFit Games documentaries on Netflix. And that's how I was inspired. A girlfriend of mine took me to my first class. And then I was like this is awesome like you get to do everything you get to lift weights you get to do cardio and you get to do everything and so I shortly after I had watched one of the Netflix documentaries I think it was back in 2018 or 2019 
And I was sitting there watching and I thought to myself, I want to do that. That was awesome. These girls, these, these men and women and these boys and girls are so strong. They're so incredible. I want to get there. I'm going to get there and I'm going to do whatever it takes to do that. And so this past year during the open, my mom encouraged me. She said, you should go in the vision category. You know, you're 75% blind. Something was taken away from you. You've had to live with this disability since you were five. Go for it. Oh, okay. Why not? I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a try. And I did. And by complete fluke, I ended up coming third and I got an email that said, Hey, we want to invite you to the CrossFit Games. You placed third. And just looking at my ranking and, and seeing it on the, on my phone or like on a screen, it was, it was incredible. It doesn't sound like a fluke. It's definitely not a fluke. It sounds like a very (laughs) well-deserved placement, all things considering the Open was no joke this year. Oh, and you know what? It's funny you say that, Nikki, because a lot of people are like, oh, were there any changes like for the visual or like anything that was easier? Nothing was easier. If anything, I think it was harder. Yeah. Because in the Open, there were wall balls. And instead of wall balls, we had to do thrusters. No, and I'm all set with that. No so, way. No so way. I was like, I was like, oh, this is like, this is crazy. And I have, I'd been training for so long that people were like, Sarah, what are you training for? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just training. I just love what I do. And I, I, I love this. And people were like, well, you should go into competitions. And I thought I would love to. But the only problem is, is that when I go into competitions, I'm up against people who aren't necessarily going through the same it's going through the same thing as me so um i have adapted since i was five so it doesn't look like i'm 75 percent blind so people um approach me and they go hey you didn't wave at us or you didn't see us but you look perfectly normal and i said well that's because i i do have a disability i am blind and so going into competitions it's it's difficult because I'm not seen as an individual with a disability per se. That's very interesting. That's so I have questions about of that course. because of course that perception I feel like could kind of go either way like sometimes has pros and cons. I would love to to have a better understanding from you. What does it mean to you that you have this disability and in a way it is a part of you. It is a part of your story. It is a showing of your strength ever since you were a child. But in another way, you don't want to be defined by it. But in another way, it, it is nice to be acknowledged for it. Like you shouldn't, it's not fair for someone to be like, well, you don't, you'll look fine. That's so crass, right, but like right. true. Like that's, it just seems really complex. Like all the ways to view your situation. Right. And, and totally like you hit the, the nail right on the head. It's almost like a double-edged sword, right? So people are like, oh, you look perfectly normal. And I'm like, thank you. I Whatever guess that's the fuck me. Oh, 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 yeah, I, I guess. But I'm still struggling on a day-to-day basis with the world. So everything is constantly evolving. Things are changing. Uh, people are so busy. People are running back and forth to work and I can't drive. So I, I take transit. 
And people are like, well, don't you have a guide dog or like a cane or do you? And like, I'm like, I, like insert stereotypical blind stuff here. Like, immediately. Like, yeah, yeah, immediately, right? So, and it, it's it's difficult, right? Do you, the the people you see on, see on a daily, day-to-day basis, pardon me, if all of a sudden you start showing up in an area that you're familiar with, with this tool, how how do you explain that, right? And so that's the part where I I struggle with. I also struggle a lot with when I was younger accepting my disability. So hmm. I think that's a big thing in society is that you need to learn to accept yourself, and then society will accept you. So people are like, "Oh, well, society accepts you. You should accept yourself." Well, no, and actually, it actually comes from you first, and then that's when you see see everything else kind of fall into place. Yeah, so very kind of like it's a good thing and a bad thing, right? So some people will say, "Well, no, it's not good," and some people will say, "No, it's not bad," but that's the way the world works. Yeah, it's complicated. Yeah. yeah. So if someone asked me if I had a cane i'd go get one just so i could hit him with it I'd be yeah. It'd be my <laughs> exactly thing. in the in the category you're in the games was... yes i do it will bite you yes yeah you should get a big rottweiler in, in the division you're in what's the kind of minimum limit blindness because I, I know it, it varies from athlete to athlete right uh great question and i have to say that CrossFit made this extremely difficult. Right. This was a new thing. Like, like it was, it was such a pain. And I thought, man, you would think that these people would make it easier for the people who do have a disability. And so I'm, it went by percentage. Uh, sorry, no, it, pardon me. It went by degree. So it went by degree of what, of each eye. So from my knowledge, I don't have much knowledge in the visual field aspect. I am more the patient rather than the doctor. So I, whenever I got a visual field, it was more of a percent of vision in eye. So kind of to give you guys an idea, if you cover up your left eye with your hand and then half of your right eye, that is what I see and function with. So I have no peripheral vision in my right and then zero vision in my left. Oh, shit. That's terrible. <laughs> I'm just testing it out. And it's like a, it's like very specific. It's like, you got to yes. really figure out how to tilt, how to, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and that's one of the things is that like, people are like, well, how do you, how do you do things in CrossFit? I was like, again, adapting, yeah, but also scanning all the way across the room. If somebody's coming from my either side, I can't see them. So I have to make sure I'm scanning. But getting back to John's question, it was by degree. And I thought that's such an, like, when you're given a visual field, which I've had hundreds of them, hundreds of them over, over the years, I've never once had a, a degree. And I thought, I'm not going to do this. Like even, I even called my doctors and I went, how do you read this in degrees? Like it's always percent of vision in I, but yeah, it's a That's it's a they... very interesting division that way. I I met a a lot of the athletes in that division at Wheelwad uh, a year ago, a little less than a year ago, and well, Erica, who won this year, was at that. She won that competition too, and she 
her, she has partial vision, but right. then the Kim, Kimberly, I forget her last name, Drexel or something like that. Also an amazing athlete is completely blind. Like her husband's right. leading her around. And so it was a really interesting division to watch where some had partial vision, some had absolutely no vision. And to the point of your question, Nikki, like trying to watch the adaptation that is required is really, really interesting. You know, as an example, they're rowing a lot. So trying to figure out how far, how many meters you're going when you can't physically see the monitor is really difficult and, and an interesting adaptation to watch. It, even double unders becomes really kind of wild when you, as someone who does a lot of double unders, I never think about looking at my hands and my feet and the rope, but I am, I just, I'm not thinking about it. And so watching the, the vision athletes do it and having to adapt to it is just, it's really, you, you're just reminded of how challenging it really is. Are there, Sarah, are there different resources that are that become available to you guys out on the competition floor someone who might not be able to see the monitor is your judge calling out your meters by the 50s or something along those lines right yeah so great question as well i have definitely and just in general over time and i wanted to touch base on this because i wanted to make this something a little bit more well known to the vision category in actually all sports to kind of veer away from your question really quick nikki i was actually i uh, actually applied for the uh, paralympic rowing um which was awesome right it was it was amazing and then somebody who wasn't blind had told me that i wasn't blind enough so somebody uh -huh. who's fully sighted right was like no you're not blind enough and i was like what like, what does that mean? This, what does that mean, right? And then so that's why I'm so grateful that this opportunity came up in CrossFit. But then it's, do you go into the, you can't go into the normal Olympics, but you can't go into the Paralympics. So where do you, where do you fall, right? And so I'm, I'm just so kind of, I'm just, I still think about that and it still kind of floats around in my head. And I think, how, how can we better how can we better this with somebody who's telling you how much you can and can't see? And back, back to your question, Nikki. For me, CrossFit was always about kind of feel. So a lot, I use a lot of my hearing and a lot of my feel. At competitions, I find that when you let somebody know, I've met really, really amazing, fantastic people who have volunteered their time to judge or or whatnot and really understanding coaches and then I've also come across people who have no idea what to do or have no idea how to handle the situation and now this comes again to CrossFit where what do you do how do you you know again about inclusion how do you include these athletes how do you take the time to train people uh, to do this. Yeah. There's still like a lot of questions. There's still a lot that we can learn from the last few years because I do think that we're on the right trajectory, but a lot of work to be done to really make oh, sure totally. that we're supplying everyone with everything that they need to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I think there, there's 
the struggle is a lot of this, they're just learning as they go. Yeah. And I'm giving them some defense here. Like I was talking to Stouty and people who watch, like in the first couple of years, they were having athletes do wall balls and then quickly figured out that's really not a good movement for, for the, for the vision group. Yeah. I mean, you can, you, you can just think about what that would look like, like literally just taking balls to the head. You know, it's just not fun. Yeah. Uh, and then even in this last competition, not everybody had someone that could call out their meters for them. And so thinking about, should we be reaching out to, like, I actually reached out to a salt bike and talked to the owner and said, Hey, if you guys had a monitor that would audibly call out meters and calories, it would be an amazing mm -hmm. thing for these athletes. And they had never even considered it. And C2 will actually do that. They have an app that you can sync up and it'll, cool. it'll call out meters and cows. So it's just, it's just interesting that they're kind of learning these things as they go and hopefully as it continues to evolve and i hope as more people get the opportunity to understand that people like yourself are competing sarah that they're going to want to get out and compete as well and grow this division so you're oh. you're competing you're you're really blazing a trail for a lot of yeah people. with tom, all the frustration you're having don't forget that for sure so tom had said that on the show and we had him on uh, a couple of weeks ago and that i really resonated with me because i know that there's a lot of division in within the division <laughs> on right. people who are happy with the way that things are going or unhappy because there are so many improvements that still need to be made. And Tom's point was really like, we have to keep showing up and competing in the thing, even if it's not perfect, because mm -hmm. we have to keep telling them and giving them the feedback of what needs to change. Right. And it's just, it's, I can totally see from an adaptive athlete's perspective, how difficult that decision must be to be like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the trailblazer to John's point. Because the entire community needs this. They need me to get up on the podium and then be like, hey, CrossFit, by the way, here's like what you need to learn from this experience, from my experience. But I also understand being like, this shit is not being run right. Why would I participate? Like, I get it. It's tough. Well, yeah, and you make a good point, Nikki, too. When I was like just, you know, first time at the podium, I could see it was incredible. I met this guy, Lance, he's in the intellectual division and, and I, I'm seeing all these athletes and they're so excited and I'm, I'm there and I'm, I'm looking and I'm going, okay, this is, this is really awesome. This is their time to shine. They have worked so hard. If, if I can say that I worked hard, I can't imagine what these other athletes have endured and have, have worked for and their, their determination to get here. But my, my podium experience, I, I have to say, I was so choked because there, were, there was no guidance of what to do. You've got yeah. blind people, you've got wheelchair people, you've got intellectual, and you've got short, short stature. And so all the athletes who were upper and lower extremity were all lined up before us. And we were to the side because we didn't compete further than the open. And we were kind of just like shoved, shoved over while all the other athletes had their one, two, and three jersey. Now, believe it or not, we were given a box of generic t-shirts, like plain, plain camo shirts. And I could, I would just watched, right? I just watched everything and I, I mean, watched all these athletes go. 
hey, like we we want like the first, second, and third. Like where's ours? When people are so proud and they're jumping up and down and and I thought, man, this is like really odd. Like why are we just sort of to the side? And there were these two volunteers that were there and they had no idea like how to how to do anything, how to box the teachers and went, here guys, find your size. And I, I, I just, I was so shocked, right? Because I thought, this is really, really odd. Where, like, I thought we were supposed to have first, second, and third. We worked so hard. And even somebody went over to a guy and said, hey, you've got a box of the first, second, and third. Can we get one of those? He was like, no, these are only for the podium athletes. And we were like, pretty sure that's us, bro. Yeah. And, and I just, I thought that was funny because where is the accessibility? Where is the inclusion? I talked to an athlete who is in a wheelchair and her and her coach were like, yeah, don't, don't bother saying anything. We've already tried. And that, that absolutely broke my heart. Cause I was like, the fact that they've said, tried so many times and said so many things and they're like, just don't try. And I thought that's, that's not the the right way to go about things. And so I'm so thankful to you and John that I could hop on here and you you gotta be a voice and an advocate for these people because they are living uh, a day-to-day life with this disability. The, the elite athletes, I, I get it. They train hard. I watch Emily and I see her train, but they were they have to live and perform with these disabilities right so that really um, just uh, takes the fitness level to the to the extreme when you really think about it truly oh totally yeah. totally yeah. i'm i'm hopeful that they're going to get this together sarah for whatever that's worth i mean if you look back on the year and i'm not i'm not trying to make excuses for crossfit i'm I've been oh, no. a, a pretty loud uh i'm just gonna call myself a complainer about how they've handled the adaptive community but i've certainly criticized them for it and but when I look at some of the changes they've made, they had some turnover. They laid off some people in that uh, group a few weeks out before the game. I forget exactly how far it was. So I'm sure that didn't help. And and to your point, like this was the first year they had required all the medical testing that you were mentioning earlier. So I think there was some struggle there of really understanding how much that was going to frustrate people, to say the least. And I think we've talked about it on the show before. There was definitely some cutbacks this year in the games of where they were spending money. And that obviously impacted what you guys had. But I think the positives that I've seen, it was that they've brought in kind of the wheelwood crew was brought in to, to run the games. And it looks like they're going to stick around to do more. And now there's talk of breaking off the age group and adapters into their own competitions. And so if that happens, as much as I would prefer to see age group and adaptives at the actual elite games getting as much face time as possible. I do think okay. if you want to grow adaptives, having them separated could be a good idea and give you an opportunity yeah. to actually do a live competition in front of a crowd and get live streaming. And like Nikki and I have talked about coming and doing the, uh, doing a live stream from there and interviewing athletes and like giving you the full experience. So I think it could be a good thing. So I've got some hope, some hope that this is going to get fixed, but but to your point, I've heard that already from some of the athletes about the, the podium experience not exactly living up to what we wanted it to be. So that's disappointing, yeah, to say the sure. least. 
Well, sure if, we, if Nikki and I end up at Will Watt and you're there, we'll give you the podium experience. We'll, we'll bring I, you will, I will handcraft you a third place t-shirt. <laughs> I'm really good at yes. iron on letters. I got a toddler, yes. loves we all the stuff. You will scribble all over that shirt for you. It'll be a one of a kind. Perfect. It'll be exclusive. Hey, yep. When you're training with Emily, you don't do Kyle's training, do you? You don't, he doesn't torture you like he does her, does he? Actually, yes. Does he? That's why you're that's why you're so fit. Yes, yeah. I you know what? And Emily's been such an inspiration. And actually Emily and Kyle are kind of like a like I would say aunt and uncle or older brother and sister to me. So supportive, so excellent. I actually take some of Em's photos. It's funny because people are like, aren't you blind? And I'm like, yes, but I can still take photos. Right. Um, I can still well, point like, a phone. Thank you. Well, yeah, and or a camera, and you can do so much more than than you think you can. You just got to put your mind to it. I know that's super corny, but y you really do. And uh, if you have a little bit of determination and help, so lots of support. I have to say, I had a fundraiser to get me to the games because it was actually more expensive to get to the games than what I received as a prize much 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 more expensive damn yeah the the it's funny because when i when i watched the award ceremonies for the elites they were like yeah like over three hundred thousand dollars i was like we got a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars which was like hey i'm grateful it'll pay next month's rent but it's it's it's, it's a tough pill to swallow. It, 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 yeah. it is, and and I and it's difficult because some people will be like, "Well, you should be grateful," and then some people were like, "Oh, isn't that a kick in the face?" And you know, you're you're torn between should I be grateful or should I? Right. So, and I am. I'm I'm very very grateful, and it was such a wonderful experience, and and I was so lucky to meet somebody who took photos of me because the other athletes didn't get photos they mm. got like nothing mm. and i was like that's just really i i it was unfortunate to it's say a the bummer least. that's a bummer to yeah. hear that the that the final podium experience was less than thrilling for some of the people in those divisions because well, like you said you guys work so hard and you were like literally the whole thing was like hey do you want to congratulations on your win via the open do you want to come yeah. out to madison where we'll honor you Totally. And watch the other athlete, the elite. Oh, and, and yeah, it was just like, I could, I could go on and on about it, but yeah, it's. Can I ask a question? You, you sort of touched upon this at the very beginning of this show, but it just is a part of your story that I, I'm curious about that probably will lend a little bit more context to, to you growing up with your disability, but you said that you got, you became blind when you were five as a part of what was happening with your brain cancer so you were diagnosed yes. with a pediatric type of a brain cancer is that what was going on right right so at the age of five I was diagnosed with an astrocytoma so the tumor was in the center of the brain and had it actually grown to fill most of the cavity and so I went into emergency surgery at the age of five so I had a full craniotomy and I don't know if you, yeah, you can kind of see it. 
but the scar goes from one ear all the way to the other. And I'm sure you can ima only imagine. And at the time, I was so young and didn't know what was happening. And as I got older, my mom said, do you want to know what they did? And she explained it to me. And I thought, sounds like it's right out of a horror movie. And so it was attached to my hypothalamus, optic nerves, and pituitary glands. So it messed up a lot of things, took away my vision. I'm actually in remission. Okay. So I have been for 20 years. Hey. Yeah, great. like it's, it is great. And they couldn't take the rest out or else I would have been 100% blind because it's attached to my optic nerves. Oh, so they knew that going in, they knew that they yes. were going to leave you partially blind. Got it. Got yes. It. And it was, it was a tough decision, right? Because the surgeon either makes the decision, okay, we're going to remove all of it or we're going to remove part of it. And then shortly after I had 64 weeks of chemotherapy. 64 weeks. Oh my God. At five years old. Holy moly. Yeah. How did they, how did they find it? Were you having like wonky symptoms or? Yeah, another great question. So I was so young, so I wasn't able to actually voice what was happening, right? Sure. We're not able to, to, so when you lay down, the pressure is more, I guess, is, is worse on the brain when you're lying down. And then when you get up, it's better because the pressure goes away. And then I was throwing up a lot and... I was taken to the doctors and they were like, she has the flu or she has a cold. And my mom was like, she doesn't have a temperature. So this is really weird. Uh, back and forth. A uh, long story short, she ended up taking me to a uh, children's hospital. And then they did an x-ray. And then they said, the uh, tumor is filling the entire cavity. We need to do emergency surgery. Please call family, loved ones, uh, because we're not sure if she's going to make it. Oh, for God's sake. As pretty hard for a mom to hear. I was like, oh, that's, that's, it's, it's tough, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, call, call my brother and sister, call my dad, call people now because uh, we're going to put her under and then do what we can. And I was really lucky, I have to say. Yeah. And good on your mom too, because that is. For what it's worth, toddlers throw up all the time. I mean, you're kind of just, meh, what is, what's going on? What germs are coming home today? Or yeah. what do they eat? Or whatever. And so that's terrifying. Holy yeah. moly. From every wow. angle. And from what you went through. Yeah. What's oh. your family think about this CrossFit journey you're on? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Full support. I think it's amazing. Sometimes I, sometimes I almost can't believe how far I've gotten. So in 2021, I had, I think it was six brain surgeries. What? In, in 2021. And I, I don't know how I do it. People say it's resilience. Some people say it's determination. Some people say it's strength. And I'm like, yeah, I just want to get back. My first question after all of my surgeries was, and they're like, do you have any questions about anything? Yeah. When can I get back to CrossFit? Like, when can I get uh, back training? Right. And so my brother and sister have always been there. Full support. 100%. They are so proud. Again, they show so much support and they're all for it. 
and I'm convinced women are just infinitely stronger than men. I, I, ripped, <laughs> I ripped my hands the other day doing pull-ups. I'm like, well, I guess I'm done for a week. <laughs> oh, no, no more workouts for me. And uh, you're having surgeries and then you're right back at it. So that's, oh my God, it's amazing. For sure. And that was like, Sarah, that was not long ago to have six surgeries in one year anywhere, let alone on your brain. And then not two years later, you stand on the podium. I mean, this is like people heal from this stuff for a lifetime. And you're like, yeah, yeah. I should probably get back to training. It's crazy. Yeah. It's and, wild. And it's, it's so funny because people are like, how do you, how do you do that? And what do you do? Do you have some sort of therapy? And I'm like, the only therapy is up here and in here, right? So you have to have a really strong, strong heart because your mind is very powerful and it will tell you things and it will tell you not to do things. And you can choose whether to listen to your, to your head or your heart. And for me, it's my goal is to inspire those to be motivated. So if you're feeling tired or if you're having a bad day or if you are living with any sort of disability, I encourage you. And it's funny because I watch CrossFit's reels that they post of whoever talking, whether it's Greg or somebody else or just inspiring people. And they talk about inclusion and about never giving up. And I'm like, oh, I, I hear you. I, I've lived it. Yeah. And, and how do you feel knowing that now you truly are one of those figureheads for others, specifically other adaptive athletes? Like you're that person now that they see and can be like, oh, I could, she could do it. I could do it. Or she's not giving up. I should head to the gym and train today. That's you now. It's you. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's it's amazing and you know it's so funny that you asked that because i i did meet a bunch of athletes and i was so fortunate to meet them and they were like oh my gosh we see your medal like right it's it's a big clunky heavy thing around your neck and oh we, you're going up to them and saying oh can i get a picture with you and me forgetting that i'm the athlete right and so it, it's it is very humbling and Actually, a little girl came up to me and asked for my signature and asked for a picture. Oh. You know, I, I am happy to do those things. I, I am happy to, to, again, inspire those to be motivated to, to keep going and, and push through, ever, through whatever you think yeah. you're going through. Is, yeah, it's difficult. So, so what, is, what is next for you? Are you coming for that first place spot? Is, is training you, back you to you? Okay, we're no wasting no time. You betcha. Yeah. Kyle's, Kyle's got me on, well, he's going to get me on a, a training program pretty soon here and we're just going to work hard and push and yeah, give everything I got. So. Yay. Hey, how you, you were introduced to me from Grace who, Nikki, I didn't, I'm not even sure I told you this before the show, but Grace is with the PFAA. Oh, right. And yes. I, I had met Grace in, in Madison. And she goes, hey, I've got somebody who should come on your show and connect us. How do you know Grace? How'd you guys meet? Yeah, so it's it's funny. I don't know if you guys know Jesse Smith. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, of she, course. Yeah, yeah. She, she was in the teams and she did fantastic. And anyways, I was sitting beside her and then Grace was on my other side. And I think during the time I was 
I think I was wearing like either an athlete tag or I had my medal on one of the things. And so it was kind of, oh, hey, 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 what division were you in or what category or I see you came third or whatnot. And so I introduced myself and Grace introduced herself. And, and I think at the time it was so busy because we were on the field watching the elites. And it was so busy and we were like looking for somebody to try and either get somewhere that was a little bit more away from the crowd or somewhere that was closer because I couldn't see. And we just ended up shuffling our way kind of into the bleachers and ended up being beside Grace, thank goodness, because she's a wonderful lady, a wonderful thing that she's done and started. And I explained to her kind of the whole shebang of of what my experience was and she said yeah i'm gonna connect you with this guy named john and and, and nikki and he makes these these memes and these reels and i said oh <laughs> of course everybody oh, knows that guy oh that guy it's it's so funny every morning i open my phone and there's one and i i just chuckle i just chuckle to myself but yeah we just started talking and she said let me give you my info and I'll take yours and uh, we'll connect and hopefully we can get you on a, on a call. And here we are. That's yeah, awesome. She's, a, she's the nicest there. I met with them a week or so ago to talk about some of the stuff they're doing with the athletes and, and to their credit, they're discussing, you know, should they be taking on adaptive as part of the PFAA and where they were asking questions, whether I thought they should do that or not and, and what that would look like. And, and it's obviously it's a very complex issue that they've, clearly don't have not decided everything they're going to be doing as a group but kudos to them for going after it and trying to meet athletes like yourself and and learn about your experience so they can apply that just really really cool i thought yeah 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 and and you know, it's 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 just interesting to see the way the elites are treated versus the the athletes with disabilities and it's just it I just thought, man, this is there's something something's wrong here. Like there's there's something missing or there's 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 people missing or there's help missing and and like you said, John, like I if if I'm another voice, I'll be another voice to to be heard, right? Because yeah, it's it's not fair and yeah. I would honestly like to see them I hate using the term break it off, but give you your own competition because I hate that, that the adaptive athletes don't get a semifinals and a quarterfinals. And right. I mean, kudos to you for finishing third, but, and it, but you're having to compete against however many are in your division over four events, which is a really hard way to test the fittest on earth where you'd really like to see a, a kind of a longer competition and really kind of sort out who's, who's the best and, and whatever that goes along with that. And then to your point, if you are able to have your own live competition, then you can get a, a much more games-like experience, but also make it in line with what the viewership looks like or the attendance looks like. You, know, you have, right. I don't know how, Nikki, you have any idea how many people went to the games? 100,000, 50,000? Oh, like, I have yeah. no bunch. idea. Yeah, yeah I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, it's five days and you know, it's packed every day. So yeah. it's a lot. And so I guess the point is, is like, you can, you can generate a lot of revenue for the elite athletes with that many people. And so the question would be, if you can run your own event for adaptives and let the revenue 
decide how much is going to the athletes and sponsors are obviously filling in and you get more unique sponsors probably for an adaptive competition. Like to your point, you, you were wanting to qualify for the Paralympics. Maybe they would want to be involved in some sort on. Yeah. So I think it could bring a lot of unique opportunities for athletes like yourself to meet people within the field and, and it, from Paralympic committee and, and wherever that could be really, really special where you don't get the time or even the effort yeah. in, in an elite games situation. Right. So. I, I think I like the idea more and more, the more, when I first heard it, I was like, I don't know, because I want everything to be on an even playing field for all athletes. But then right. the more the more arguments I hear for separating out having an elite competition, having a, an adaptive competition and having a age group competition. And I even wonder if the team competition should be its own Maybe. thing. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, well, first of all, it gives me more cool competitions to watch. And second of yeah. all, resources to, to your point, John. But third of all, I think it could be a really great opportunity to train CrossFit fans get hype about all these divisions it's not really common knowledge that you can go and go to the thing and get super stoked on five days of just this one division i feel like as a community we're almost like we've been a little bit trained to be like okay the full broadcast is only for the individuals i don't even i'm not even familiar with the names in the adaptive or the teen or the age group categories i don't know who those people are are their events kind of similar i don't really know because i've never really paid attention to it like giving it its own highlighted spot kind of could train our community to be like oh shit there's like more cool crossfit i can watch at different times of the yep. year and i can be just as invested in these people and i can learn their names and i can follow them on instagram and i can have a be a favorite over here and a favorite over there and i don't think our community really knows that that is how to approach these other divisions because yeah. we just haven't had that opportunity yet. So it could be yeah. a really neat time for that too. It would likely also get other affiliates to consider training their coaches to train adaptive athletes, to mm -hmm. have adaptive classes. Like when you, mm -hmm. like when I went to Willwad, forgive me for how I'm going to say this, but it's kind of hard to watch. Like when you first start watching, you're not quite sure what you're looking at because it doesn't look right. like a traditional competition. Right. Everybody snatches differently and everybody rope climbs differently because they all have different adaptations sure. and impairments. And, but after you know, a couple of hours of watching, then you're starting to figure out what's happening. And then you know, like, I obviously like kind of a creative brain. So then I'm like, my brain's firing. Of what could I do at my own gym? What, mm -hmm. what implements could I be using? What equipment should we be using? Like we have adaptive classes and I'm sitting there going, man, we're missing some stuff that we could be doing on a, a weekly basis. And, and so I think you know, the more the stories get out and the more people see it, uh, you know, I think it could really build out a community that, that is growing, but not at the pace that it could. And if CrossFit yeah. wants to get this explosive growth, they're talking about getting, which is going from. 3 million CrossFitters is the number they say now to 30 million CrossFitters. Mm -hmm. You're going to, you're not going to be able to fill that in with elite athletes. Mm -hmm. You have to fill that in with old people like me and adaptive yeah, athletes. And people like me. And <laughs> yep. yeah. And so that yep. means you're going to have to go out to places where there are people with impairments and bring them in. And so to your point, like Paralympians are a great place. The VFA 
is another one where you find a lot of people have impairments that need fitness. And I think the more they build this out, the more we could draw people in and build a really special community. And think about the ripple effects too. Think about all the sort of like tangential communities that could partially identify with uh, other divisions that are really like put into the spotlight. Like I think about our friends over at Battle Cancer who are offering all sorts of programs to train coaches on how to help people who have been going through treatments. And a lot of those people come out with impairments or end up in some sort of division in and of themselves because of their experiences. And, and that, that could really open a door to just so many more folks believing that they could do this, which is going to call for more coaches who are (laughs) properly trained to help them through that journey. Yeah. It'll build out a ton of little stuff. Like, adapt products is like the rogue fitness of adapted gear right yeah they're crushing it yeah but imagine if this built out and they actually became the size of rogue fitness or if yeah or if companies like rogue said you know what maybe we need to get into this sport maybe we need to help adapt products to build out their 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 gear and maybe we just need to sponsor those athletes maybe yeah maybe they need to sponsor some athletes i mean i guess that's the point is little things that could build out and you look over the history of crossfit all these little companies they started small uh, and and fit aids as an example mm-hmm. and are now or worldwide through the kind of the power of crossfit imagine if we could do that for some of these companies where you're looking for gear to help athletes that they can't find anywhere else yeah it's the the amazing ripple effect is something to look forward to if it's done right but finger, well, fingers I- crossed yeah, and I, I totally hear you, John, when you talk about sponsoring athletes with disabilities. Like, how cool would that be? I don't think I've I've yet to see, like, a, a big company, like, for example, GORUCK or PRVN or, I don't know. They've got all these big athletes, but it would be really cool to see, to see a company sponsored an athlete with a disability whether that's fit aid or yeah. or not yeah well in the crossfit space uh, amy bream who's in the the lower division is sponsored by nike i believe i'd have to okay. verify that with her but i'm pretty sure that's true but she's one of the very few to your point yeah like it's it's and i would love to see more because i think it would it would put a real spotlight on the sport and i think it would be money well spent and well invested by any company who decided to do it it's i mean it's a real shame when you think about it that like even noble the premier sponsor doesn't have to my knowledge if i'm if i'm given bad press on noble for no reason somebody needs to message me and tell me i just don't think they do but i, I don't think they do either yeah it's and yeah it's just like there's so many uh so many companies out there that that can and uh and they should yeah well, I'm, I'm hopeful i think it's coming yeah. i read i yeah. l- genuinely do and i'm like i said at the top of this i have had moments during this entire transitional what has felt like a transitional year where i've been disappointed in the way crossfit handled it but i do think they're putting thought into this and they're trying to do it right i genuinely believe that now they could prove me wrong and i'm gonna be back on here three months from now just bitching <laughs> up a storm but <laughs> but i hope not. right this second i genuinely believe they're trying to do the right thing and that's why we haven't heard anything yet so yeah and and 
to your earlier point, they're doing the right thing. Thanks to people like you, Sarah, who are truly paving the way, dealing with the, the stuff that's not perfect today to make mm-hmm. it better for the future, which is not easy oh. to do. Oh, oh, totally. And, and it is for the people who, who think that they don't have a voice or a chance or an opportunity in this world. It really is. It's, it's so important to include those people. We talk about so much about inclusion and acceptance. You, you gotta, you gotta include everybody, right? You gotta include the whole, the whole shebang. So, yeah. Someday you're going to look back on that generic camo t-shirt and you're going to be like, you started this <laughs> yeah. and yes. now look at where yeah. we, look at where we are. Oh, you know, and, and it's, I'm glad you say that because that's the plan, right? Whether that's me getting involved with another committee or involved with even CrossFit, right? Sure. Whatever that may be. I, yeah. I want to remember this. Uh-huh. Remember you said that. Yeah. Yep. Well, we have, we have faith in you, Sarah. Well, thank you thank for you. joining the show tonight. We're so yeah, appreciative so of you fun. taking some time and, and oh. chatting with us. And I hope that Kyle takes it easy on you, but I also hope he doesn't because <laughs> I want to see you at the top of the podium. So mm-hmm. just do whatever he says. He's the boss. Thank, th- thanks, John. Yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. I'm not letting him program for me, though. I've seen what he makes Emily do. I'm like, no chance. I'm not <laughs> no doing No way. Anything. Sometimes Em asks me to join in with her on her workouts, and I'm like, Oh, okay. So yeah. just so I can, so I can, you can be the rabbit and I can catch you. I'm like, you're going to catch me in the first 30 seconds. But okay. If you will. Whatever. I guess. Emily's kind of fit, I guess. A little. I'd be like, I need a 10 minute head start. Then you can try to catch me. Yeah. I need like a two week head yeah. start. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Seriously. Give me some of your abs. Yeah. Yes, please. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Nikki. Great seeing you as always. Hope the baby sleeps in for you. Me too. Yeah. Well, if he doesn't, at the ages now, you can shake him. That's a law. You're allowed it. Oh, so amazing. Actually, I don't know if that is. That's probably not a thing. So don't do that. Don't shake your babies. Definitely stop. Everybody stop shaking babies. (laughs) No. Well, he's at the age now where I'm like, I could just put on like a Disney movie and I can go back to sleep. So that's kind of nice. You can shake Matt though, and Matt can get up with him. That's really so, what I should do. That I do you think do. I do think it's legal to shake your husbands. You can absolutely oh, shake no. your husbands. Guaranteed. Yep. Yes. Very good. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us this evening, and we will chat with you guys soon.